Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's gone. Yes. And it is gone. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank. It's Bedlam at the doctor. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Way back to baby. The treatment slams up. <laughs> and the doctor made a sensational play. Oh, it's front the front of the Welcome you to the Phillies Sports Hour here on February 17th. Happy Saturday morning. And it's a great day in Philly sports today. The Flyers take their talents outdoors as they will be in the stadium series. First time playing outdoors since 2021. It's the sixth in Flyers history. There's a lot happening this week in sports. A lot going on with the Sixers. Phillies made some moves. And of course, we're going to talk some Flyers. And we're going to have... Chris Maher on to talk some flyers later today. He is the founder of Maher Media. But let's get started here with the 76ers. If you have any opinions, make sure you chime in on the chat um, with your opinions, some questions, and try and get to you guys as best as I can. If you're not listening to this live, you can listen to this live every Saturday morning from 11 to 12 on YouTube, Twitter, and YouTube. Instagram, if you missed the stream, you can always go back and watch it on YouTube and on listen to it on podcast apps. Let's get started with the 76ers, who made a big signing in the buyout market early with Kyle Lowry. Uh, so Lowry, he was uh, balled out, or he, he was released by the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, waived and he cleared waivers and signed with the Sixers. There were great pictures of him with Daryl Morey, um, him looking at the at the trophy of the NBA Finals trophy and everything. So it's pretty cool to see um, the hometown could come back. Kyle Lowry from Philadelphia um, with the school here, went to Villanova. It's, it's he's been rumored to come back to the Sixers many times, um, and he's finally back home. So it's good to see. Him come back. Uh, we'll see exactly what his role is. He'll be back after the All-Star break, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's it's great. I think it's a great signing for the Sixers. He had some veteran presence, which they need. Um, and he, he can still play. He's 37 years old, but he's still playing well. And we'll see what his role is. Um, either back up for, uh, for Maxi or kind of a late guy. or We'll see exactly what his role is. It sounds like he's going to be... One in, in the rotation, so he will get some playing time. We'll see exactly what he does. Um, with the games this week, the Sixers beat the Wizards and upset the Cavaliers, but lost to the Heat by five to end the week. Sixers have been shorthanded all week. They're without DeAnthony Melton, Mar- um, Nick Patum, and obviously without Lowry, and of course Joel, and Tobias Harris has been out a few times this week. So very underhanded the Sixers have been, but they've been able to perform well without those guys. They beat the Wizards, which should happen. The Wizards are not a good team. And then the Cavaliers, which are a very good team, hottest team basketball coming into that game. The Cavs were, have won, had won 17 of their last 18. Um, so that's they're very good. Donovan Mitchell's been great all season. 
and they were able to take them down just by about two or three. I forget the final score, uh, but very close one and a great win. And then to the Heat back at the Wells Fargo Center to end uh, to end the first half of the season. Um, they played well. The Heat are a good team. They didn't have Jimmy Butler, but they're still a good team with or without him. And they made it close, so that was good. So not a bad week from the Sixers so far, or at all. Um, good stuff from them. Buddy Heald, uh, in his first week with the Sixers, made an impact. 22.3 points per game, 7.5 assists per game, 1.8 steals per game, 4.5 three points made per game. And then 45% from the from beyond the arc in his first couple games with the Sixers. He's been great. Um, I've enjoyed watching Buddy Heald. Of course, we've been saying it about three years too late. I'm, he should have been a Sixer a while ago. And it's good to finally have him here. And it's good to have him doing making some positive impacts um, with this team. So it's it's good to see. It's very good to see. Um, so good for Buddy Heald. Good for the Sixers. We're in the All-Star break. It's Tyrese Maxey's first All-Star. So the All-Star game will be tomorrow night, Sunday night. Saturday night will be the Steelers competition. So three-point contest, the dunk contest. Uh, Mac McClung is back in the dunk contest. Not with the Sixers, however. Um, so that's a disappointment. And then after the All-Star break is when the season really gets ramped up. I like to say the season doesn't really start until after the All-Star break. And this season, it's more than ever true for the Sixers as they will have everyone return but Joel Embiid after the All-Star break. So they'll get Melton back. Um, they'll get Rocco back. They'll get um, Marcus Morris back. They'll get Kyle Lowry finally. And so I think this team, they've been competitive without those guys and everyone coming back to have Tobias Harris back. With everyone coming back, um, I think it'll be good for this team. Um, and I think they they can win some games. They don't. I don't think this team needs... Joel Embiid to win games. Definitely need him for the playoffs, but to get through and try and stay in the postseason, I think they're going to be okay. Um, and they've been competitive against good teams. They beat the Cavs, was, were close with the Heat. Um, I think this team is set up good. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried. Um, I would be worried, however, if Embiid's not going to be able to return anytime soon, um, which it sounds that way. So. Let's look at the comments, what comments we have. Question from Ed Perlstein on Instagram. Paul George question mark. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is if we're going to get Paul George or not. That's kind of a, a summer project. Um, so I wouldn't really be focusing on that right now. We can get to that a little more when the season comes to an end and free agency opens. And we'll see if he leaves the Clippers first. Um, that's my biggest thing. Uh, let's move on to our, one of our sponsors, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket-buying app that makes buying tickets so easy. It's the easiest and most efficient way to buy your tickets. Each seat is given a green, red, or yellow dot, indicating whether purchasing the ticket would be a good, bad, or failure deal. And we know there are a lot of sports events coming up, concerts, comedy shows, any kind of show. You can buy it on SeatGeek. Uh, by using code Philly Sports Report, you can save twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, P H I L L Y S O P O R T S R E P O R T. Hold the S, you will save twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
Uh, click the link in the description or the bio to save. Um, or if you're listening later, it's in the uh, it's in the description of the podcast, I think. So thank you to SeatGeek for sponsoring. I was actually looking yesterday because I posted a little SeatGeek ad. I was looking at ticket prices for today's stadium series. They're not bad. They're like $50, $60, and you can save $20 on that order. It's SeatGeek. So I um I would I would do that and save some money. You help us out too. So I appreciate that. Uh let's move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. Pitchers and catchers reported. <laughs> Baseball season is officially back. The first full workout is on Monday. And the Phillies made a very big splash. Yesterday, actually, as they signed Whit Merrifield to a one-year, $8 million deal. The 35-year-old um, earned his third all-star selection last season with the Blue Jays after hitting 272, 318, and 382 in his first season with the with the Blue Jays after being traded there last season by the Royals. This past season, Merrifield hit 11 homers, drove in 67 runs, and went 26 for 36 and sold bases. In eight seasons... In Merrifield's career, he's a 284 hitter with a 102 OPS plus uh, and 201 stolen bases. He has played all around the diamond, primarily all three outfield positions and second base. So the Phillies were looking for a veteran right-hander who can play everywhere. <laughs> and did they get it? With Whit Merrifield, he can do that just as good as about anybody else can. Um, he's a good hitter too. He's 30. He's an old. He's a little older. His defense isn't the best anymore, but he can certainly still hit, and he's certainly still good. Um, he's a good contact hitter, and he's great off the bench. We'll see if maybe something happens in center field or a position opens up. Merrifield's going to slide in there. Um, so hopefully there's – God forbid there's any injuries this year, but Merrifield can go in for that. And if Schwarber doesn't play, Merrifield's your leadoff hitter. Um, so – or him and Trey Turner, one, two, you know, you can kind of flip-flop that, but Merrifield's experienced leadoff hitter. Um, so I like this signing a lot for the Phillies. It's also signing kind of with Kyle Lowry and Buddy Heald. It feels like it should have happened a little bit ago. Um, I feel like this Whit Merrifield uh, deal should have maybe been done a year or two or three years ago by the Phillies um, when they really needed somebody like this, and they still do, but this clears up their depth issue. Um, so it's really good for the, for the Phillies to get this done. And I'm happy to see Whit Merrifield on the Phillies. It's very good signing by the Phils. Um, and it fills a lot of holes, so it's good. Let's move on to Zach Wheeler. Um, came out today, or the other day, that him and the Phillies have began to discuss some extension talks. As he has a stated, he stated to his desire to stay in Philadelphia, um, he said he's happy here, his family's happy, and he wants to stay. So that's always a good start. Um, and he wants what he thinks he deserves, which is fair. Um, it came out maybe $40 million a year uh, from three to four, maybe five-year contract for Wheeler. Um, I, It sounds like this is going to get done before opening day. And I know we heard that last year with Aaron Nola, but it sounds like Zach Wheeler has a is pretty set on what he wants, um, and and the Phillies will work with him, and 
Hopefully this will get done before for four opening day in 40 days, which is wild. Um, but you know, Wheeler deserves what he wants. He's been the best pitcher on this Phillies team since he came here a few years ago. Um, he has been the man in the postseason. Um, so he he's been great. And I I if this doesn't get done before opening day, it might be an issue down the road. But you know, I Wheeler's really good. Um, he deserves what he wants, and I think I think it'll get done. I think this will get done before opening day, and I don't think it's going to be for a crazy ton. I think the forty million a year kind of is a good spot. He absolutely deserves it, and if they can lock up Nola and Wheeler for the rest of their careers this off season, that's a pretty good off season by the Phillies. So we'll see if that really comes to fruition. Um, I would love it too. But we'll see. So Whit Merrifield is a Philly one-year, eight million dollar deal, filling up that um, super utility role and the depth issue figured out. And Zach Wheeler extension talks have begun. Let's look at the Foco. Foco, Foco. Thank you for sponsoring Foco. Foco. Real fans need the best gear. That's why Foco makes legendary gear for the most legendary fans. Click on the link in the description or bio to save ten percent off any order. At Foco, and if you go to Philly Sports Sports' Instagram page, you will see we are giving away a John Cruck overall first pitch bobblehead. This bobblehead is absolutely gorgeous, and you have until Monday the 19th to enter on Instagram and maybe win this thing. All you got to do is follow us and Foco. Now you got to like the post and then tag a couple friends in the comments. And you can win the Foco bobblehead. It's a sick bobblehead. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, – enter. Do it. it. doesn't hurt. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers. We got Chris Maher waiting in the wing while we get him all set up. We're going to play a hype video that the Flyers posted today. Playing in such a massive stadium that I drove by as a kid, right? It's a football stadium, and now switch into a hockey rink. 60,000 plus fans. Cold weather, snow, outdoor, classic. You, know, you try your best to treat it like just another game, but you know the atmosphere and the big buildings like that, and, and playing outside is something pretty special. You don't do too often. It kind of brings you back to being a child. Our fans travel really well. We expect to, to see a lot of orange and black out there. I'm expecting to feel more like a home game, and I know Philly fans are so passionate. Flyers fans are going to put them to sleep a little bit. I think there's going to be a lot of reminders around the game of where both teams are at in the standings. We're two teams that are chasing down a playoff spot. It's a regular season game, but it's got a little more, a little more juice to it. You know, it's a huge rivalry game. You know both teams are enjoying the outdoor game, but realize the points behind it as well. You know, that team has a lot of offensive skill. We have some skill as well. We saw where we were ranked and what everyone was saying about us at the start of the year. And I think that fuels you. Expectations were low when we started the season, but now we have such high expectations for ourselves. You look at the guys in the room next to you and, you know, you just believe in each other that way. I believe that we were going to have an opportunity to do something special. No isn't an option for us.
we welcome Chris Maher into the live, the founder of Maher Media. Chris, I've been watching you and your YouTube since you started a while ago, and we kind of have the same story. Both started our own thing and have built it up into a business, so it's great to finally talk to you face-to-face, Chris. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate the uh, kind words. I uh, I love what you're doing, dude. I think you're doing a great job. Um, I know it's, you know, obviously you're younger, and, you know, like you said, it was a lot of that stuff when, uh, when I was a kid, too. So I think it's great, and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate the kind words. Let's start with Sean Couturier, who is sure. the 20th captain in Flyers history. Travis Connecting also gets a and Lawton keeps his. Um, just how special is this for Couturier, and how how much sense does this make for Coots to get to see? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a home run decision. Um, you know, I th- I think for for Coots, um, he's obviously been here a long time, uh, thirteen years. Um, you know, I think a lot of this season was kind of put into, you know, that that you know fi- that that kind of file on the side of like. Hey, you know, let, let, let's kind of see what uh what Coots can do because obviously the injury and all that, and uh, I think he's you know kind of like how how Torts kind of said the other night after the cracking game he kind of gave him the finger after that after that goal. That's kind of Coots giving that back to everybody. I feel like and um you know kind of proving all the haters wrong and you know he's a guy that he kind of embodies what being a flyer is. I mean you know he he plays two hundred foot game. He's been here through everything. Um, you know, from from starting in, in 2012 against the Penguins and going through the last 10 years and, and being pretty mediocre and everything. And, I mean, he, he's he's seen all of it. Um, so I think he's had a lot of guys to learn from. Uh, I think he's able to kind of – I mean, and, and, and not not saying that Coots wasn't, you know, like that himself, but he's had a lot of guys that can kind of – you know, do that with him and um you know guys like g pronger he mentioned um you know he's he's dealt with a lot of you know good veterans and stuff like that and, and he's seen a lot and he's been through a lot personally so i think it's a home run choice um i think it kind of gives a little bit more excitement with the timing of it considering the you know the outdoor game tonight uh and you know having your your captain being announced uh was that on wednesday so yeah no i mean i think it's great um and I, you know obviously for connecting and law and those are you know Two guys. I mean, it's all three guys that have been drafted by the Flyers. They know how to play play as a Flyer. Uh, you know, they talk about the new era of Orange, and you know, all those guys kind of embody that. So I, I think it's a home run decision. With the trade deadline approaching and TK getting an A, Lawton keeping his, and obviously Coots keeping the C, are these the only three guys that are safe on that March third deadline? It's it's hard to tell uh, because I think with that's a good question. I think it's hard to tell because I mean, for me, I've I've really gone back and forth on this a lot, Ben. I think I think the one thing for me with uh, obviously they're not trading Capere, right? I mean, that's that's kind. Of, I mean, you're not going to make a guy captain, and also he's not a guy you trade the deadline with with his term and money and everything. Connect is probably going to be getting a long term extension. I wrote an article the other day um, that I'm thinking he's probably going to be getting something around maybe seven eight years, maybe closer to nine. Um, you know, he's on that, that, uh, I think he's got one year left after this year on, on a, on a 5.5 and, you know, he's obviously been just a total baller the past couple of seasons. So my guess is that, you know, he's, he's probably going to stay too with certainly of, uh, you know, of, of law and then kind of where he's at. Um, I've, I've been saying this for a while. I think him and Nick Sewer could get packaged. 
Um, because I, I view Lawton as a guy with term. He's a guy, you know, and usually guys with term, they get more money at the deadline. Or, sorry, not more money, more uh, return at the deadline. Um, with a guy like with like, like Lawton, who can play anywhere in the lineup, and he has no problem doing it. He can play first line in, in a pinch. He can play fourth line. He can play center. He can play wing. He can take faceoffs. He blocks a ton of shots. And he, he's just the ultimate glue guy. I mean, I think, obviously, he struggled this year. He hasn't been the exact same Scott Lawton that everyone's kind of used to. But he's he's a guy that you look at every night that you know he's going to give you his best effort. And, you know, for a playoff run, that's that's something you want. And I, I think him and Sealer could get packaged because Sealer, he blocks a hell of a ton of shots. Um, he's he's going to probably close in on about 200 on the season. And there's still, I think, 28 games left. Yep. Uh, this is game 56 for the Flyers. So... I mean, we'll see. I, mean, I, I think there's a, a lot that goes with it. Obviously, there are some other guys um, as well. Obviously, I mentioned Sealer. Sean Walker could go. Uh, he's been rumored for, for a bit now. And, and you know, maybe Mark Stahl goes. I'm not too sure. I mean, he, again, this is all speculation up until this point because they're still – I think they have 10 games left until the deadline. And they've been a little hurt recently with Forrester and the line. And so depending on where those injuries go, that could kind of – extend them a little bit uh, up until the deadline. So I'm kind of hoping that, A, they can get, you know, whatever they, they need because management said, you know, rebuild them. I know this is a really long-winded answer, but, you know, they, they've said, uh, you know, they want to keep doing with the rebuild and all that and kind of doing doing that the right way, even though they're, you know, third in the – third in the uh, or tied for second in the Metro. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think there's a lot that, that kind of plays into it because there's still some games left, but – I, I definitely don't see Coots uh, or, or Connecty getting traded. All right, let's look at the past week games against the, the Kraken and Coyotes at home, and then a game in Toronto. Both of those wins against Seattle and Arizona at home were both close. Um, a one goal win against Seattle, and then Arizona played us tough. Uh, that was a four game winning streak that the Flyers were on, and then, of course, the overtime loss to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, where they came back from down 3-1 and then weren't able to uh, pull it out in overtime that Austin Matthews masterclass. I mean, my goodness. Um, yes. So so a good a, – all points around the board for the Flyers coming into the stadium series. They're riding a five-game point streak. Um, just kind of look back on the week and what can you take away? Yeah, no, I mean, for, for what they were at going into the break, uh, I think they're – you know, good. I think they're 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 playing much better going out of the break. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that you can kind of pick up on from you know the uh, the stretch of games where you know you had those those other five where Tippett got kind of banged up. It was it was Colorado, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Boston, and uh, it, they they just looked defeated, right? I mean, they were they were playing so well, and and I think they were really kind of ran themselves kind of a little bit out of gas. Uh, and I think you could see that. I mean, like the shots on goal went down. Everything just went down those couple of games. And they, they had a really bad stretch going to the break. Like it, it, got, it got to the point where it was like, thank God this week is coming because, <clears throat> excuse me, they at least, you know, had a couple of days off there where it was like, all right, they're off for nine days to go into Florida. I don't know if you watched that game, but they looked miserable in the first yeah. period. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is where the season kind of, is going to start to go down because it was just the way it was trend, trending. It was those five. You had the week, you had the nine days. Then you play that first period. And I'm like, oh my god. Well, 
the Flyers just turned it around at that point. The second period was great, um, you know, and, and and they played that way in that second period, and they kind of went through that. I mean, they had a rough game against Winnipeg. I think their best game of, of this, you know, since coming back from break has been the Seattle game, like you just mentioned. Um, you know, they, they, they played smart. They won puck battles. I mean, it's it's the little things in Torts' system that they do so well that makes them such a good team because they, they have some speed on the wings and, they don't have a ton of speed down the center, but and they're not a very speedy team, but they use what they have to their advantage. And, um, you know, when you have the second best penalty kill and power play is still a whole different conversation than what we're talking about here. But, you know, they uh, they definitely have some some guys that have been really playing well. Um, one guy that sticks out to me is, is Ryan Paling since the contract extension. He's been a guy that I think has been playing really well throughout this past, these past couple of games. But to come out of the break and – you know, have nine points out of a possible uh, 10 out of a, a stretch where they didn't look too good before the All-Star break. And also to, to, to you know, put it in perspective too, Ben, when last year, I don't know if you remember this, but they were playing some of their best hockey going in the All-Star break. It was actually reverse. So they were playing really bad this year. They played actually really good last year. And then they came out of that break and they had a really bad February. They actually had a really good February to start. So that's one thing to, to keep in mind is that, they're getting points, right? I mean, specifically the last game against Toronto, you know, you got Matthews and, and you know, what you said, masterclass in the second period. Unfortunately, this couldn't stop them. And uh, they go into the third. They battle back. They get a point. And unfortunately, it was a, you know, misplay on the, uh, the overtime goal. But, hey, you know, points are points. Sometimes you need them. And, again, like I said, nine out of a possible ten, that's it's a really good feat they're going to get coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah, and I mean, we get points. It's a really good Toronto team, and they've been always good in the po- in the regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, they uh, you know, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. But to get points against a really good Maple Leafs team is it's valuable. Points are valuable right now, especially going into a game like you have uh, tonight, which we're going to talk about the Stadium Series outdoors. The first time since 2021 in that oh that Lake Tahoe. I forgot how bad that game was. I made a YouTube video. Yesterday, where I got all the highlights from all the outdoor games, I, I forgot they got absolutely killed. Yeah. Yeah, that game was not good. Uh, they had a lot of guys out on COVID. Um, I, if I, off the top of my head, I don't think Giroux, I think it was Giroux, Voracek, Gostaspare, Connect Me. I think Provorov didn't play. They were missing a ton of guys. Uh, they basically had, I think their first line, I mean, like, just to put it into perspective, it was so bad they had Mark Freeman play on the wing. And Mark Freeman's a career defenseman. I forgot. Um, yeah, yeah, and now he's he's obviously on the Penguins now, but you know he it, that's how bad that was, and and there were rumors at that time that they were going to switch the Flyers out and have the Rangers go and play. They should have done that because the Flyers just really kind of got their asses kicked on on. Uh, oh, sorry, I don't mean to curse, but uh, they, you know they ended up just really just kind of getting pounded seven um, three. It was it was not fun, and I'm hoping for a, a different game tonight. <laughs> Yeah, certainly a different game, certainly a different atmosphere. I was, I forgot. It's just, it was so cool to watch that game. I, it was so weird, but the the ice was melting. They had to mm. delay the game like a day. That was ridiculous, but it was just, the, it was such a cool scene. And with the ice, and then when it got dark, and the, the no fans were cool, but it, it was just a cool moment. So let's move right. on to the game tonight. A big game. Looking at this game, maybe earlier this season, we were like, oh, this game isn't going to matter. The Flyers are going to stink. The Devils going to be really good. Well, there's a lot at stake for this game, Chris. Yeah. No, dude, there is. I mean, there's 
there's a lot here. I mean, with the Flyers being seven points ahead in the standings and having the Devils having two games in hand, this is a, this is a big game. I mean, yes, granted, games in hand don't really matter unless you win. But you have to keep in mind, if they do win this game, that they'd be nine points ahead and, you know, I mean, again, finding ways to get points is, is the biggest thing. I mean, th- this is one of the biggest games in in a while. I don't, I don't really remember. I mean, th- this may be the biggest game since the playoffs. Um, I mean, it's not a playoff game, but it certainly is going to feel like one. And you know, I I feel like with the past couple of years and how it's been, and I, I was in the same boat as you, man. Like when they were. You know, in February, and, and usually for, for Mayor Media, when we look at everything, we, we try to plan out games that we pick. And, like, later in the schedule, we're like, oh, my God, these tickets are going to be so cheap. You know what I mean? Because they've just been struggling so much. And, um, you know, we, we were, you know, we're trying to find different things and, and everything. And, um, you know, we're, we're like again, like I said, we're looking at games. It's just like, dude, like, there's no point in even buying these now, right? And that's kind of how I felt about the stadium series. I was like, all right, let's see how they do it. Because... If you remember the last one, the, the last stadium series, the 2019, that one was in Philly. It was kind of crappier weather, what it seems like it's going to be tonight. It's supposed to snow and all that stuff. It was snowing, it's snowing where I am right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was one of the best games of that season. So I'm hoping that this one kind of follows that same, you know, kind of path. And, you know, obviously, obviously with Flyers to win. Because, uh, I mean, they don't have the best record in outdoor games. They're 1-3-1. So uh, it would be nice. It, it would be it would be really cool to to kind of see a uh, outdoor game here, uh, and obviously a win, um, you know. And obviously because it's in Jersey. I mean, the Flyers have had some good games against the Devils this year. Um, you know, they they lost the one game in Philly, and really they should have won. They had over over close to fifty shots on net. Devils. It was another one of those kind of breakdowns in, in overtime that killed them. It was the Hughes brothers, and they ended up beating them in Jersey, and they played a really good game, and and Tippett kind of sealed it. So. We shall see it. It should be a good one. Yeah, always good games against the Flyers and Devils. And there's going to be a lot of Flyers fans I'm hearing tonight, too. There's a lot of different uh, bus trips going down. Of course, you got fans of Philly, Philly sports trips, all those big names. Uh, got a lot of buses going down. So it should be a good ratio. It should be a good uh, orange to red ratio. So it should be fun. I'm interested um, to see how this one goes. Flyers are dealing with some injuries, though. Uh, Coots sounds like he's going to be ready to go. We're kind of on the kind of on the fence with Cam York. Uh, what's our kind of injury report going into this big one tonight? Yeah, I mean, it, so it seems like Coots is, Coots is good to go. Uh, I kind of just got him in a, in a bad spot the other night um, against the Leafs when he got slashed from Bertuzzi. Um, he, he said yesterday he was, he was good to go. As for York, it's it's kind of up in the air right now, I guess. Uh, I think with York, it, it was it was harder because he got hit the other night. And when you saw the hit, I don't know if it was his knee or if it was his head. Uh, I don't know. They had mentioned that, you know, you kind of have to go back for concussion protocol. But it could have been something totally different. Um, we shall see. I mean, I, I, I don't – it's it's hard to tell with the Lions for this game because the Flyers have typically been going 11-7 and seven for the past, like, honestly, since the dry cell trade, since they traded Gutter Gauthier. Uh, so what's what's today the seventeenth? So about like a month and maybe like five weeks or so, um, and obviously you know take the All Star game out. So in, in game total, it's probably about a month they've been running eleven and seven, and 
you know, that they've been they've been doing that. And I don't really know if any teams really have done that in outdoor games. So that might be something that's interesting if they go with 11 and 7 and then you because 11 and 7 usually is, is pretty bad because you only have really one pair that's the same. And you really only have two lines and obviously the goalie. But when you have two lines like that and you can kind of rotate guys, I don't know if they want to really be rotating guys all night and especially in an outdoor game uh, where you're trying to get acclimated to you know whatever could be going on if it's the weather and everything and then changing guys in in between lines i don't know if that's going to be the best best idea there so my guess would be they go 12 and 6 um i i if i had to again this is just a total guess i don't i don't know but i would assume that the laurier is probably probably in um i'm assuming it's probably going to be delorier lawton and hathaway is that fourth line uh, and then you can kind of make up the lines for for whatever up up top. Um, I don't think uh, Ule Excel is going to play. And uh, you know, with the D, I would assume it's probably your your same you know six defensemen. And I, I doubt that they're going to have uh, again, like I said, eleven and seven. I, be whatever whatever the D is without Risto. And if York can play, then you know that would be great. But if he can't, then it'll probably be Stall going in, and somebody will get bumped up. Is my guess because I just I can't see them going eleven and seven. We'll see what happens tonight. Um, this is now the sixth outdoor game the Flyers have played. 2010, 12, 17, 19, and 21. They're 1-3-1, one, and one, but they're all cool. As we just lost Chris, his device just disconnected, so we'll get back to him in a little bit. Um, when he returns to the call, uh, there he is. We lost Sorry it, Chris. About got, Sorry about that. I got a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, again... Outdoor games, one, three, and one for the Flyers. What are your opinion? Like, of course they're cool, but what are your opinions on them? Yeah, uh, I like them. I mean, I think I think they're cool. Um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of what the the outdoor game kind of brings is is it kind of pumps up like some regular season games a little bit. Uh, I don't know about sight lines and all that. I'm going. This is the first one I've ever I've ever been to. I will be there tonight. Um, so it, it it should be interesting with. Uh, I'm I'm sitting in section 324 at MetLife. Oof. I don't know how high up that is. That's uh, pretty so, high. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, it, it should be uh, it should be interesting to kind of see where, you know, if I can see anything. The only outdoor game I've ever been to was actually the uh, Phantoms. The uh, it was they were I think they were still Adirondack at the time. They were the Adirondack Phantoms uh, playing the Hershey Bears. It was when the Flyers had the. Stadium series, or not stadium series, the Winter Classic in Philly in 2012 against the Rangers, uh, Citizens Bank Park, and uh, they had the AHL Winter Classic there a couple days later, and uh, I think it was like that Friday or whatever after the game, and uh, yeah, it was that 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 was actually my first ever hockey game I went to, wow. so I remember going to that, and I have little you know very faint memories of it, but um, I remember not really being able to see the puck, but not really see the puck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, you can see the play, but you don't know who's holding it and who's got it and who's on the ice and all that. So I'm hoping with the, the bigger numbers on the jerseys and everything that might help. And, um, you know, with all that too, but no, I, I, I like, I, I like the idea of outdoor games. I think they're good on TV. Uh, some of them are a little harder to see with, you know, different sight lines and camera placement and all that. Uh, but I think for the NHL, I think they do a good job of it. I think sometimes, I think the actual, you know, the um, setup for the event is great. I think the production of it and the marketing of it is not. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of they've really fumble a lot of the marketing sometimes, and some people don't even really know when they are. I, th- I will say, I think this time around, they've done a really good job promoting the stadium series. I didn't like that the jerseys came out 
you know, basically two two Fridays ago, something like that. It was the twenty sixth, um, right before the All Star break, and of course the Flyers you know, had had the alumni game that night, so I, I wasn't really focused on that. <laughs> so that was part of the other thing. I was kind of hoping they'd come out on on a different day, but um, you know, I think with the with the with, with the release of the jerseys, which I think they look really nice. And, uh, you know, the promotional, it, it should be a good game. I think having two of them helps. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but they're supposed to announce tonight that Columbus and Detroit are going to play in the next one at Ohio State. So, uh, it, it should, you know, it should be a good game. And, um, yeah, no, I, but I, I, I do think, I do think uh, you know, that their games are, are cool and they got the right venue and, you know, people seem to enjoy them, so. Yes, I, th- I believe this is the first one at MetLife. It's a hu- I've never been to MetLife, but it's huge. I mean, it's yeah. the biggest non-dome stadium in football um, in the NFL. So it'll be interesting how they, how much they have to zoom in with the cameras because at MetLife it's kind of zoomed out a little bit. Yeah, I was um, gonna say I think it sits like sixty thousand or so, right? Something like that. I think it's, it's like eighty thousand. I think. Oh it's really? A, oh, wow, the, wow. The, the link is almost seventy thousand. I think so. It's a huge state. I mean, from where you're sitting, you'll be. You might be watching off the jumbotron, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you mentioned the jerseys. We're gonna—I'm gonna ask you about the jerseys because I have some pictures here from the practice yesterday. Yeah, I, I think they're okay. I don't yeah. love the the nameplate that wraps around the sleeves, but other than that, I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like them. Uh, I it's it's not my favorite Flyers jersey. I won't buy anything from this game or wear any stadium series merch if they lose because what would be the point that's usually how i go with these games like if if there's you know i i have the 2012 uh winter classic one because that's a beautiful jersey yeah and they also wore it as an alternate for a couple years so that's a little different but this one it's like you know it's kind of it's very similar they had the white reverse retro last year they go white again flyers kind of have this rule where like when they make jerseys the only cre- the only logo chest crest is the Flyers logo, so that kind of leaves you with very little possibility to really do anything else uh, when you always have the same logo. And you know, for this, you see the Devils with the all black. The Islanders have Isles, you know, kind of spelled across that jersey's horrific. And then you have the uh, the Rangers with the NYR. I wish the Flyers could do something a little bit different on that front, but I I, I do I do like it. Um, I think it looks very clean with, with just the all white, and I lo- I do like the big orange number. Um, I do see what you're saying with the nameplate because if you buy that jersey blank, it just is like a big black stripe that goes across the back, and it looks for a little odd. But you know, with with the pants and I think uh, the jackets that they were wearing yesterday and all that, I, I, I think the, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I like the most is the big Flyers logo on the helmet. I've kind of been been a fan of. Uh, and I've, I've said this on Twitter a couple of times and, you know, tweeted this out for a lot this year is I'd like to see the Flyers get an orange helmet in some sort of way. If it's, if it's for, you know, a specific Jersey or an, an outdoor game again or, or whatever, I'd like to see if they can make an orange helmet work. I don't know if they will, but that was the one thing I was kind of hoping, but I, I do like these jerseys. I think they're, I think they're nice. Yeah, I'm uh, the black stripe ruins the jersey for me. It's just so weird. Um, I don't love the helmet. I don't love how the big logos on one side. And it's just a big number on the other. I get why they did it. Um, the numbers on the sleeves, I think, are a little big, but I I understand the point of the big numbers and right. it's 
it is very fine. And I want to ask you about that num the logo on the chest. Um, they tried to do it in 2012. Have the Flyers cursive on the front of it. I uh, I think if they were to do something, it would be the most anti Ed Snyder thing they could possibly do. You saw them right. do the big logo in center ice a few years ago when then Dan Helferty comes in and Danny Briere and uh, Keith Jones, and that's that's erased. Um, so I think they and also with the orange buckets, I feel like that's another like gimmicky thing that. And Snyder would not stand for. So I just think if they were to do something like that, it would be perceived in the very bad way. Right. No, I mean it's it's definitely you know fair to say. I think that the biggest thing with the Flyers now is, and I think the way that they've been running this is is don't be your history, but don't forget it either. Is kind of how I see it. Um, you know they they haven't really. I think they've been it in some ways, but they've been it in a new way. They haven't necessarily been, you know, the old Flyers and obviously the makeup of the whole Broad Street Bullies and all that. Um, you know, I think I think some, I've said it before. I think sometimes there's a little too much pumping up of, of the 70s teams and all that. There's so many other great teams and great areas of Flyers hockey that really don't get talked about it a whole lot. Um, and I, I think with, with Flyers history, there's a lot there. There's a lot of, of really good teams and unfortunately not. You know, I mean, having over 2,000 franchise wins and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, so many good players. And I think it's over close to maybe 700 players that have played for the Flyers. And, I mean, the, 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 there's a ton of history there. And I think, you know, with doing that, I don't necessarily know if it's something that Ed Snyder would agree upon. But that doesn't mean you can't do something different. And I, I think I think with how that, the game is changing and how um, – you know, obviously hockey players are coming in and, and, and changing in the game is so fast now and the speed and everything. And um, I, I'd like to see something a, a tad bit different. But at the same time, I, I do see what you're saying because it's like you don't want to kind of, you know, cross that line because the Flyers have been so used to the same thing all the time. And I think when you, you know, try to bring in change and, you know, hence what you mentioned with the, the Chuck Fletcher era with the big logo at center ice and, and all that stuff, it just felt like change and then forgetting the rest of what they were. And it was like, well, like we can't do that. And and obviously you saw that with the fan base. So, um, you know, I, I think it, I think it would be fair to, to, you know, say what you're saying with that. But also at the same time, I kind of look at it as like the game's changing. So let's kind of, you know, change with the times a little bit and see what we can do. I agree with that. Something else about the Fletcher era and the Flyers are finally, I've said this so many times and I've really highlighted on Ed Snyder night just how much of a family they are again. When yeah. Snyder died um, a couple years ago, and it immediately went downhill. They were booing during his moment of silence. There was the bracelets thrown on the ice, and it got to the point last year where there was maybe 20% of the stadium filled, and the, the Flyers weren't the Flyers. They were just the Philadelphia hockey team. Nobody cared anymore, and they weren't a family. This team and this franchise – it's finally a family again. Um, yeah. with Dan Hill, and that's so important with bringing in Dan Hilferty, who Philadelphia guy, uh, Danny Briere and Keith Jones, both play, both legends here. Keith Jones has been around the organization f since the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. Uh, so, I mean, these two guys, they, the three guys at the helm now get it. And I think it's, it's kind of the perfect thing for this team. It's kind of a, it's a rebuilding team or retooling and, 
they're retooling the family of Philadelphia Flyers again. And I think that is more important than anything else. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think with where where they're at, and, you know, they've obviously been playing better. I mean, I've seen more people just out in public wearing Flyer stuff again, and that kind of shows you that they're they're getting back to what they were. Um, I think even with, with them just having the balls that they did to draft Matthew Mitchkov, that alone kind of told you that they were ready to turn this this ship around. And when I look at, you know, where they are and their prospect pool is getting better and it is pretty good as of right now. And, um, you know, with with the, the signings that they've been making and some of the trades, they have not been afraid to, you know, say, you know, we are the Flyers and we're going to do this our way. Uh, they've, they've, they've really been doing that, I think, all of all throughout the year. And, and like you had mentioned before, you know, they – they're going back to what Ed Snyder did to make the Flyers the Flyers. Uh, you know, they they have a ton of I think I think they they've gained a ton of respect back from the fans. I don't think everyone's 100% there yet because you, you have to win to really bring it back. And and that's the thing. This year is is it I don't think this year is a fluke so far. I think it's just them playing at their highest potential and you have torts and and all those little things that kind of you know, go into that and, and, you know, they've had some guys play really well. Um, and they've also just been able to play with teams. And, you know, I, I think it all kind of coincides into one that, you know, again, you, I, I don't want them to be their history, but I don't want them to forget it. And unfortunately, the, throughout the past couple of years, they honestly forgot it and, and they weren't even a 5% of it. So it, 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 it was, it was, you know, very, very poor. And, uh, Everything's changed. I mean, I tweeted out during the Kraken game that a mid-February game against Seattle on Saturday night that's not even on on regular television on cable. It's on. It's an ESPN Plus game, mm-hmm. and that building was sold out. And there was a vibe in there that I had never felt before in my life. Because Ben, I don't know if you know this, but I I started watching the last lockout season, so 2012-13. So the first year of Drew after the playoff series, and or first year of Drew's captain. I should I should uh, make sure make sure I say that. Um, you know, I, I I never really had had seen a, a winning season outside of the bubble uh, that year. So this year's been fun, and I think with kind of how they've been and and you know the trending and play and and all that stuff as well, it's it's been good. I think you know with how Jonesy and them have done. I mean, just the little things they bring back the the, the like you mentioned earlier, the double logo at center ice. The carnival is I think going to be back in probably bigger and a better way, and. Uh, you know, you have the alumni game, which was a huge success this year. I mean, that was that was one of the best events that they've done. And the, um, the burnt orange too. Yeah, no, bring yeah, bringing the burnt orange back and the jerseys and everything. I mean, they they've done a good job, I think, in, in understanding the fans and doing that. And because it, like a lot of it was just public pressure was was really probably eighty five percent of it. I mean, the other stuff in house you can fix, but and that stuff you know sports teams change the in-house stuff all the time i mean that that stuff changes at every season so that 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 wasn't my 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 uh concern my concern was how quick you could get the public back because i think at the same time ben when you look at it you have to in a rebuild i think you have to know when you want to win again and you have to also stomach the loss on ticket sales and everything else. And plus with how, you know, rebuilds usually go, how long can fans stomach that? Thankfully the Flyers haven't really had to stomach any of that. 
because they've done good on ticket sales and more in recent years. They've got to have they're having like a reverse rebuild. I do think they still need to rebuild. I do think they're not they're not there yet. They they they're still way off. You saw it, you see it in every game they play a high-end team. Toronto, <laughs> Boston, Tampa, Colorado, etc. Whoever it is, I mean, those guys, Kucherov, McKinnon, Posternock, Matthews the other night, whoever it is, they don't have that guy yet. They will when Matt Vamichkov comes over, but they don't have that guy yet. Um and the best part about it, Ben, is that you still have time to get more. You know, you have two first-round picks this year. You could add another for next year with this deadline. I mean, there's so many little things. They're in a really good spot. And if they make the playoffs, this is one of the first years in a long time that I could say they probably can go into the playoffs and have absolutely zero pressure on them because they weren't even supposed to be there. Yep. And I think that's that's scary for other teams in the NHL when you look at it and you say, hey, this team is here and they weren't even supposed to be here. And the Flyers can just go out and play. Because it's not like if they lose, Torts is getting fired or anyone's getting traded or whatever, big changes are coming, they can just go and play. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's kind of a little bit of 2022 Phillies vibes, a little bit if they can do it, get into this thing. Yeah, and, and similar to, to the Panthers last year in the NHL. Yep. Uh, if they get in and they do that. But no, Phillies, Phillies is dead on um, from where they were. I, I am a big baseball guy, too, at the same time. I don't know. I don't really tell anybody that. But um no, Phillies that year, that was that was the thing. Just get in and see what you can do. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, that was the first time in 11 years. So that that, that felt good. And uh, they were, you know, very close, only, only two wins away. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely feeling that. Yeah, we'll see what happens if they can get in this year. Um, but let's look back at – we mentioned a lot about history. Um, the Flyers have an extended outdoor game history. 2010 Winter Classic at Fenway. It was only the third Winter Classic game – and they lost two to one in overtime to Balt to the Bruins. Um, there was a fight in that game, and the Flyers won that fight, of course. 2012 Winter Classic, the first one in Philly, it was at Citizens Bank Park. A three-two loss to the Rangers. The Rangers came back in that one. 2017 Stadium Series, where the vibes were just all off. Michael Vol- Neuverth was in net. That was terrible. They lost four-two to Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. And then the 2019 Stadium Series at the Link, the warmer rainy night, a four-three overtime win over Pittsburgh. The comeback, the Wayne Simmons fight. It's just Wayne Simmons is like was my favorite flyer when I started watching the team. So when when I when he like left that night, I was so upset. Like I was such I went from such a high to such a low so quickly that night. And then of course the 2021 game in Lake Tahoe, where they got absolutely killed by Boston. Um kind of what do you remember from these games? And if you can kind of rank them. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – so let me ask you then for, for ranking, do do I count venue and, and all that and, and everything? You can do, do it how, however you want to do it. Okay. Uh, I, I think for – it's hard because 10 and 12 I didn't watch uh, because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't into the Flyers yet. Uh, I've obviously gone back and watched the game, but I haven't necessarily, you know, I never really watched it live, so it's different. Uh, I think the 12-1 had a great venue. I think it's one of the most memorable ones. Unfortunately, they they blew a three, you know, a, a 2 nothing lead in the third. They had the penalty shot from Briere. They didn't score. Um, if I am ranking one, it's it's obviously 2019 is first. Uh, the, the comeback, the win, the jerseys. Giroux downing Pittsburgh again. I mean, it's just it's 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 the best game from that season. It's one of the best games in the in the past probably eight, ten years. Um 
I think I'd have to probably go the the Winter Classic in 2012 at two. Uh, I would say I'd say probably probably the 2010 is is last be, or not last uh, third because at three because you know they they had a lead and and longtime fan of Danny uh, Danny Sivret scored in that game which is pretty funny. Uh, and then you have you know they did lose in overtime and it wasn't Fenway and and all that too and. Uh, you know, they've, they've done Fenway again, and I do think uh, probably four would be 2017 at Heinz, and then five is Tahoe. I mean, Tahoe, that was just that was terrible, yeah, that was just horrific. So, great, great that, jersey matchup, terrible game, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I thought the reverse stretchers were, were very nice, uh, that year. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think they, I think they did a good job with that game. Unfortunately, the Flyers just didn't play well. The no fans was a little weird, but it was it was the COVID year, so we were kind of used to that. But uh, I th- it was perfect. It was like in like a near a lake and on like a kind of a golf course. I think it was just they were going for atmosphere, and you can you could like with the no fans, you could get the sense of where the game was and just the scenic of it. I I was just mesmerized watching that game. I've not just by how bad they played, but just kind of the scene. I thought it was, I thought it was one of the best things that the NHL has done. And if they had a more competitive game, it would have been much better. But that was the best thing, other than the, I mean, the bubble was the bubble. But during COVID, I think this was the best project the NHL put on. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, some teams had very little fans. Flyers, I think, only had maybe like. 8,000 or 5,000, whatever the number was, I forget. Um, but going to games that year was weird. I mean, I went to a yeah. few. I covered a couple in the press box. They were, it was different. The press box was on the other side of the building because the Flyers management was using the entire press box. So so that was a little weird. The press box was in the assembly room that year. So that was weird. Uh, you had, you know, the, the games being like, I mean, the Flyers were so bad that year that it, it's it's hard to really stomach trying to remember that season um but you know there's a lot of brutal losses in there obviously the the nine nothing one comes a lot that comes to the mind and everything and um you know that that season wasn't great there's a lot of high expectations unfortunately they couldn't really put it together yeah the couple years there they had the high expectations and just literally fell apart um especially that season after after that bubble season it just things kind of just went completely off task so that was that was not good so we're done with what i have is there anything else you wanted to add we have a couple minutes here until we reach the hour mark uh big game tonight at metlife it should it should be fun yeah no definitely i mean it, it should be a good one um i'm um I'm, I'm i'm hoping for a good game a good win uh, i think if i was a betting man i'd put put some money on connecting getting the goal tonight and uh yeah, I mean it's it's those pesky devils. What else? What else can I say? I mean, should be a good one. We'll see. And the both games against the Devils this year both have gone to overtime, and the Devils get to lose a home game, and we get to lose a away game. So that that helps as well. So we've reached the end of our show, Chris. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, we're kind of all over Twitter. I'm um, gonna say we. It's 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 Mayor Media. Um, obviously, we have our, our website. Uh, which is uh, Mayor Media uh, dot hockey, uh, and then, or excuse me, Mayor Media Co. Hockey. 
Then uh, we got, uh, we're all over Twitter, uh, at Mayor Media Co. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well, uh, underscore Chris Mayer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we do we do a ton of stuff covering the Flyers, and uh, we'll have a ton of coverage tonight for the game and, and all that too. So, uh, yeah, thanks, buddy, for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining. Everyone, go make sure you follow Chris. Link is in the description for his Twitter on the YouTube stream. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back next week, or I'll be back next week, for another edition of the Philly Sports Hour. Chris, thank you again. Go Flyers! Thank you for watching. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's good. And it is good. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Way back to me. He just made the slam dunk. <laughs> and the doctor made a sensational play. Oh, it's right. The fuck did he score?